Welcome back, everyone, to After the Sermon Ends. We know that after the sermon ends, the conversations can begin. Today, I am joined by Pastor Marcus Donaldson and our good friend Matthew Miner. How are we doing, guys? Doing well. Most excellent. Yeah. What was one highlight from this weekend before we get into the sermon? I got stitches. Yes. <laughs> so in my house, Mason had an ear infection uh, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Then John had an ear infection um, over the weekend into Monday. Um, and then Ariel had a cold and I got stitches. So, you know, it's just one of those exciting seasons of life. Yeah. You, you, you got stitches from one of the, uh, the church work days. So yeah. it's not an effective church work day without some blood, right? Right. What about you, Matthew? Um, I would have been there, but I had uh, plans already with my girlfriend because we're celebrated two months. Nice. Congratulations. So, thank you. So uh, it's only by the power of the Lord that we continue to go. So I'm guessing that was your highlight. Yeah, that was my highlight for nice. sure. What you, what'd you all do to celebrate? Um, so we started out with watching some movies at home, and then I took her out to dinner. Uh, nice. We went to, it wasn't a very fancy place, we went and got barbecue. So Hey, I'm always down for some barbecue. That's how you know she's a keeper. You don't have to go to like a fancy place. Right. Legitimately, right. our third date was to McDonald's. So. Hey, hey, man. <laughs> Look. If you haven't proposed yet, then I don't know what's going <laughs> on. Well, to shout out Mr. Ray, every time I walk in, he's like, have you bought a ring yet? So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And I guess one highlight for me, after after the workday on Saturday, I went and saw Atlanta United win 4-0 to uh, at the Benz. So that was a, it was a fun night for sure. All right, let's just jump into it. We're continuing on in our series. We missed last week with Romans 5, uh, 12 through 14, but we're picking up with uh, verses 15 through 17 this week. So, Marcus, why don't you give us a quick recap? Yeah, so in 12 through 14, Paul establishes the connection between Adam and Christ as mankind's representatives. Adam's, or Adam being the, the first representative of mankind, and then Christ being the second and the last. There's not three, there's just two, right? So um, Adam is the first and Christ being the second. And so then when we get to 15 through 17, he's already established a connection in the preceding passage. Um, so here what he's doing is he's he's contrasting the two, contrasting the work between uh, the work of Adam and the work of Christ. And what we see here is that Christ and Christ's work is supreme as mankind's representative. Um, where Adam brought death, Christ brings life, so Christ is supreme. And we see that um, emphasized not just in what Paul says overall in 15 through 17, but the words that he uses, like gift and grace. Um, four words in the Greek, but overall we see uh, those words eight times repeated in the passage. So, you know, it's it's highlighting how how much better, how, how much qualitatively better Christ's work is, right. um, and how everybody should um, believe it and receive it because you're either in Christ or you're in Adam. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? What were some of your thoughts from this passage? So last night we were talking actually about this. We were talking about um, both the temptations of Christ, but also about how he, at the Garden of Gethsemane, he did not want to die. Mm. But he, being a even better than Adam, instead of calling down angels' armies to defend himself, he chooses to fall in the Father's will. Just as we're supposed to do that, that is what this passage is leading us into, 
is that we need to follow in the footsteps of Christ, which is following the Father's footsteps. Yeah, Marcus, so you gave three ways in which the gift of Christ differed from the, the curse of Adam. Can you just go give us an overview of those three broad ways that you highlighted for us? Yeah, so those three contrasts, the first one being in verse 15, is the impact of Adam's trespass and Christ's gift, right? So the contrast there. And then the second one is in 16, the result of Adam's work, which is condemnation, and Jesus' work, which is justification. And then the last, which is the efficacy of Adam's work, which is death, and of Christ's work, which is life. Yeah, so let's just start there with the the impact of the trespass versus the gift. Um, you were talking about how through Adam's impact, many died, and I really liked how when you talked about that, like the many there means like the entirety of mankind, yeah. everybody except Christ, yeah. about how through that one sacrifice, or through that one trespass, like everybody was then had like given into their their sinful nature from there on and like yes that was opened up the possibility for through adam but we are all then from that point on naturally sinful at birth and like it's not just some people are that way but it's many meaning the entirety of mankind and through that like we have the the spiritual death the physical death and then what was the third eternal eternal death yeah and so there's no hope of like reconciliation with Christ, there's no hope of uh, justification, anything like that, um, if we are in Adam. Well, if if we're relying on works, right? right. It, it, Adam, the impact that Adam had on mankind was negative, right? Like you said, many died, and there are, there are some, even in the scholarly realm, who interpret that many to be a unique uh, population of people. And, you know, there's there are a lot of implications from that sort of from that sort of belief, um, you know, racism, some sort of theological supremacy, all, like all sorts of negative implications that come from that that belief. But when we understand that, that the many here, to your point, um, that many includes all of mankind, because rep- Adam represents all of mankind, um, and in when he disobeyed, we all fell with him. He's established that principle in verse 12. Um, so we didn't necessarily reopen the wound there but what we said was that you know from uh from birth from conception really mankind enters the world spiritually doa dead on arrival um now to contrast that with the impact that christ had his was positive right he says that grace abounds to many and the many here you know this is where um hermeneutics this is where exegesis is very uh pertinent it's we can't apply the same many, even though it's in the same verse and uh, maybe the next sentence, but we can't apply many to mean all, right? This passage isn't teaching universalism, um, especially because when we see verse 17, that it's something that must be received. So the, the, the grace that abounds to, to all or to, or to many, excuse me, are to those uh, who receive it by faith. Hmm, that's good. And are they the same word in Greek, do you know? Yeah. The both many's? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was something that could, that was confusing for me when you first brought it up about how, okay, well, if the, if the first many is referring to the entirety, then why is the second many not right. referring to that? But uh, very helpfully, you bring up, you know, verse 17. It says, 
uh, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So it's about those who receive it. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, who will stop at, that, at, at the question, but they, they won't keep reading. So that's good. Yep. Any follow-up, Matthew? Yep. So with, um, with verse 15, it's one of those that it's from the very beginning, we're all dead. But what I love is even through just the book of Genesis, we can already see Christ in there. Mm-hmm. We can see that it is, not through fa- it is not through works, but it is through faith and through grace that we are saved. Um, going from Adam to Abraham or going from Adam to Noah. You see that you see that they are saved not by anything that they did, but by by their love for God and their continuing faith. Yeah, and one other thing I just really liked from that was how it's talking about how the grace of Christ abounds for many. It's not just you know enough to cover the the trespass of Adam. It's yeah. not just oh like it just scraped by or. Like maybe there's some parts of the sinfulness of Adam that still cling that you got to clean up on your own right. with the works. Right. No, it abounds for many. It it overflows. It is so much better than that one trespass. It's present in existence. It's overflowing. And yeah, to your point, it, it not only um, covers Adam's tra- uh, transgression or trespass, but it, it reverses his trespass. It it gives us a new hope, a new name, a new faith, um, a, a new everything, a new life. Like everything, this grace that that overflows um, completely changes us inside and out. Yeah, Jesus is the is the water of life. He's not the uh, sprinkle of life. Hey, man, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. All right, let's jump into the results now. So you you mentioned how the result of Adam brought condemnation. Yep. And then the result of Christ brings justification. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean. Again, that that judgment there, the judgment was condemnation. Um, that condemnation, if we like, just oppose it to what Christ brings, justification. And and what we're doing here, and what I really enjoy throughout this series, is we're dealing with, we're wrapping our arms around a, a lot of very important theology to the uh, Protestant faith. And so, justification being declared righteous, like we covered that. Uh, two chapters ago in, in well, actually in chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being declared righteous by God is something that is done only through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Um, Jesus made that clear in John 6. And so it's like this condemnation that that is um, the contrast that, that Paul is drawing. You know, if you are in Adam which all of mankind is unless they're in Christ, it's, that's the sentence. That's the judgment. That's where we get those um, three kinds of death. Now, everybody still faces physical death. Everybody still comes into the world spiritually uh, dead or DOA. And um, the only way to, to get this newness of life is through faith in Christ. What is it? Uh, uh, it's a verse in John. I am the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to the Father is through me. Yep, John six. That's good. Yeah. So moving on to the third part with efficacy. First of all, could you define the word efficacy for the listener? Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe myself. <laughs> yeah, efficacy is one of those terms, especially during COVID, that um, 
you know, has maybe been hijacked, but like at a fundamental level, it's just the, the ability for something to produce the desired result. And so, um, yeah, that's efficacy. Yes. So, you know, with the, uh, you know, the death of Adam being efficacious mm-hmm. to, you know, to bring the death and through that, you know, death reigns, right? Yep. And then you talk about how through Christ's sacrifice and through his justification, it's now that the Christ and the justified will now reign in life. Mm-hmm. And like that is, that has more efficacy than, yep. than Adam's trespass. So that was really fascinating to me. So why don't you d- dive into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, Adam's, Adam's trespass, his disobedience in the garden, this one trespass, not Adam's later sin or anything else, just the one, um, death reigned. And when you turn to Genesis 5, you see the, the graveyard of Genesis. And you, you see, you know, this person lived for this long, and then, you know, they, they died at this age. Um, they bore this person as their son. They lived for this long, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It goes all the way down uh, through Adam's line. And what you see, um, even in our, our modern-day experience, is that death uninterruptedly and, and um, universally touches everybody. There's nobody uh, that escapes death. Like, even Christ died. We covered that last week. There have only been two um, that haven't seen death, Elijah and Enoch. So, you know, for the, like, it, it's a universal consequence of Adam's trespass. So death reigned over Adam. It reigned over all of his descendants and all the people that he represented, which, again, is all mankind. Um, in the same way, well, in a similar way, not the exact same way, in a similar way, uh, Christ's sacrifice, his uh, substitutionary atonement, it uh, brought life, right? Christ brings life, and so we reign in this life and life eternal. Um, so again, we don't need to, we being Christians, don't need to fear death. We don't need to um, stumble our way through this world, you know, trying to make a living, trying to, you know, gain popularity or acceptance or whatever the case is, you know, and I think that that's a, a fundamental shift that Christians in well, all over the world, but specifically uh, in the 21st century in America need to make, we don't, we don't need to be apologetic about faith. We, we don't, we don't need to be, um, we don't need to be acting as um, just passive participants in this world, you know, like reigning in life. Uh, Later in Romans 6, verse 4, um, Paul says that we walk in newness of life, um, and and it's it's an already uh, but not yet concept or idea or notion, and so yeah we we sin and death don't reign over us we reign over them in life because we are in Christ not in ourselves not in our own efforts and strength but guided by the Holy Spirit's power um, by His leadership and everything else getting into the Word, being in, in Christ-centered community, gospel-centered community, um, and having brothers and sisters that can hold you accountable. You know, we, we walk in that newness of life because our, our sinful flesh, it still, you know, it still pulls at things that it shouldn't. It still draws us to things that it shouldn't. Um, but when we understand that we're more than, again, passive participants, it changes the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
And to kind of build on that as well, um, we really, as Christians, we are foreigners in a strange land, to quote First Peter. Yeah. But also with that, we need to make sure that we're not getting bogged down in the world's minutia. Right. We need to not look at the world and go, oh, I'm here forever. This is my only, this is the only time I'm ever going to be. Yeah. Because of those that don't come to Christ, this is their only time. Right. So they can be, they can eat, drink, and be merry, but we have the, we have the final laugh in it. Right. Because Christ died for us, and we are saved in Him. Um. See, uh, C.S. Lewis. You know, I, I gotta, I gotta yes. call it out. <laughs> yes. Um. So I've been trying to, re- I've been really trying to think what it's, what's a great one for this one. I'm gonna say the whole book Paralandria. It's the second in his space trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um. But it shows what possibly could have been if yeah. there if Adam had not committed the sin. But even then the devil still would have attacked. Because in in this world Adam failed, but Jesus succeeded. And even if in this concept of uh, Paralandria, which is Venus, if Venus failed, then Christ, uh, God would have done something even better. But we don't get to know the dates or times or anything like that. So um that that is my encouragement to uh, CS Lewis. Um and I'm going to continue the streak. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah, you have to every time. <coughs> you know, this coughing is really inconvenient. You're telling me. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I just really liked how you brought up how this reigning in life concept also deals with our relationship with sin, about how it's like we don't ha- we aren't just passive participants in our sin any longer like we are able and we are equipped to fight the sin in our lives and actually and actually make changes i was thinking about this the other day it's it's founded upon the truth that you said it earlier in your your message about how god deals with us on the basis of grace it's Mm -hmm. it's founded upon that principle but like no other like worldview or system is, is able to like make confident progress towards like their sanctification and like becoming a truly better version of like what they want to be and in our case it's it's being better followers of Christ whereas like, like other religions they they make they they make progress they grow they and they memorize more and they do more rituals but they can never be confident enough like w- in where they stand but because of we know where we stand like we can truly make the, the, those life changes and um, that was just really something that that got me this past week about like yes we can make progress against the the sins in our in our life and we can um, be confident in where and how we are growing and that was um, a really good reminder on Sunday. Yeah, and that's one of those things that that Christians should um, should really take back control of. It, it's we should be more disciplined. We should memorize more scripture. We should do more praying. We should do more fasting. We should do all these things. And and again, it, it's not because it it changes our status. It's not because it makes us any more holy or, or that God's blessing is just going to shower all over us because we do something. Right? God's grace abounds to the many because of Christ's work, and and so we, you know, we rely wholly on the Holy Spirit to lead us into godliness. That's, you know, Paul's admonition uh, to the Galatians. I believe it's in Galatians 3 um, or Galatians 4. 
It's either Galatians 3, 4 or 4, 3. Yeah, Galatians 3, sorry, verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? You know, it's like other, to your point, like other religions, the, the Christian doesn't need to do these things um, to gain any more grace or good standing with God. We are declared righteous. We stand, uh, we stand in a right relationship with God on the basis of Christ's work. And so, um, but we do need to, I would say, be more disciplined. Be, just because we, we stand in, in grace, just because we've been justified or declared righteous by God, just because Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us, that doesn't mean that, you know, we just let go and, you know, it's just whatever happens. Right. We, we trust the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We rely on the Holy Spirit's work in our life, and, and He works through the Word. He works through His people. He works through, um, you know, everything, really. But we should be more disciplined um, in those spiritual disciplines. No, 100% agree that... We need to continue in this spiritual disciplines. Also, however, I think we need to make sure that we don't end up getting bogged down in the failing to meet those expectations. Absolutely. Because I think that the devil accomplishes either side, accomplishes it if you go to either extreme. If you're so disciplined that you get super depressed if you fail, then you're going to end up falling straight into the devil's trap. But if you're so undisciplined that you never feel that repentance, then you're also falling into the devil's trap. So what you need to do is remember that we are covered by the grace of Christ. And so when you do fail, you need to get back up. Christ is there for you, and you need to walk in his path, not your own. Exactly right. Also shouldn't surprise us that we want to go back to the world. We're born straight into darkness, and Christ has pulled us out of that, but the flesh still wants to pull us screaming back. For sure. <laughs> so. yep. For sure. yep. I also um, thought of a great thing to match with what you were saying. Yeah. So in Paralandria, um, Ransom, who is the protagonist of the story, he physically fights a manifestation of the devil. I wish that it was that simple in our lives. Right. It'd be a lot easier to go in a fist fight with the devil than it would be for us to, than it is for us to yeah. fight our own battles. Mm -hmm. Because it's much easier to see a, a, re, a present threat than it is to fight with a perceived threat. Mm hmm that's so good. All right. <clears throat> Any uh, final thoughts or encouragements for the listener today from these verses? Yeah, you're you're on one of two teams. You're either on Adam's team or you're on Christ's team. Um, only one gives life. Only one brings justification. Only one um, has grace that abounds for the many, and that's Christ's team. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where if you're listening, we pray that uh, that you're on Christ's team, that you've repented of your sin and believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. If not, um, you're on Adam's team. And, you know, the the gospel, there, there's still opportunity to believe um, while you're still living and breathing. So, yeah. you know, it, it's one of those things where don't go down with the ship. You know, don't, yeah. don't stay in Adam. Um, come to Christ. Come to the Lord um, in saving faith. And, and let him let him completely change your life. Let these concepts like grace and justification really sink into your heart. Let them change the way that you walk. Um, 
so that you can be the the salt and the light and and again not for a better status yeah but because of that status Mm -hmm. it's a privilege to to live and breathe it's a privilege to um to glorify the lord in in any way from everything to my sister's place to um everything else that we do just coming in on sunday everything from the highs and the lows of life um christians have the unique opportunity to be the salt and the light yeah that's good yep uh final thing for me so there's a song by matt boswell and matt papa called christ the true and better which recaps this yeah i'm going to read the first verse from the song Uh, christ the true and better adam son of god and son of man who was tempted in the garden never yielded never sinned he who makes the many righteous brings us back to life again dying he reversed the curse then rising crushed the serpent's head so just keep that in mind yeah i think it would have been better if you had sang it for us but you know anyway no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> all right well listener thank you so much for joining us today we hope that you were blessed by this conversation uh, if you have any questions comments concerns just you want to shout out where should they be sent josh x richards at gmail.com <laughs> yep and you can join us at uh, 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at City Church in Gainesville. But until next time.